Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Fabulous and Female. I'm Helen Corsi-Cadmore, an award-winning business growth specialist, coach and consultant and a mum to twin girls. My podcast is about having honest conversations with busy, ambitious females about growing your business to have a better balanced life and of course, avoiding burnout. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fabulous and Female podcast. This morning I am joined by the wonderful Lucy Clemenson-Mills. Lucy is a career wake-up coach. We'll go into a lot more detail on that a bit later. But Lucy has helped many people have career success on their terms to stop existing in a job which makes them unhappy and to wake up to have a career and a life that they love. Doing this, she rediscovers who they truly are, what they really want, and learning how to get it so they have clarity, confidence, and joy, and ultimately fulfillment back into their career and their life again. Love what Lucy does, so I'm really excited to have you here. So good morning and welcome, Lucy. Morning and thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Helen. You are welcome. So I just want to give a bit of background how I know Lucy. We met at a um, networking event called Jigsaw and we just kind of hit it off straight away. We've got very similar values and um, we do similar things in our roles as well. And Lucy's just a wonderful, passionate person. And I think you're going to get a lot from listening to this podcast. So can you just give a little bit of background on yourself, Lucy, please? Yeah, sure. Yeah, thank you. Um. So yes, so like you said, I'm a career coach. So I essentially work with people who are kind of just not happy in their role. They can't really put their finger on what it is, but they just yeah. they're existing at work. It, they're not happy. And it's also starting to impact their home life. That's what I noticed mm. is big things. Like I've got to do something about this now. Like it's yeah. going to have a bigger impact. It's not yeah. taking the unhappiness into my house. And I really help them work out kind of what's been going on and really get to the point of getting clarity about what's going on and to get them confident again to know you can do something about it. You don't have to stay miserable. You yeah. don't have to be overwhelmed and stressed every day. You can have joy back in your career and your life again. And that's really what I help people do. And, and like you just said then, Helen, it's about them having career success, but on their mm. terms. Yeah, I love that. Love that phrase. Brilliant. What does that actually mean, though, on their terms, on a client's terms? Because what I find a lot, and I did this, so I, mm. I really understand. This is the thing, and maybe we'll get on to this, like my journey is everything I help people with is because I've been there. Yeah. And also my husband's been there. So I've got a lot of I know. On their terms is basically because I was comparing myself to what society said success was, or maybe I'd been brought up to believe my mom, teachers, friends. Yeah. You know, so I always kept comparing myself, thinking, mm. why don't I, why isn't this enough? Like I was at the top of my game in HR, I was earning good money, all the things you're meant to have. Yeah. And I was not happy. And so actually, this is what I mean by career success on your terms, like define what success is for you mm. and go after that. Don't care what everyone else is doing because some people success is a job title and a fancy car and money and that's great yeah but that's your definition you're constantly going to be chasing something that doesn't make you happy or fulfilled and wondering yeah. why this isn't this isn't enough this, yeah yeah and, and do you know what I love that because actually 
like you said, everyone's measure of success is so different. Like for me, driving around in a big fancy Range Rover or Land Rover, it just isn't for me whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I'm not a massive fan of cars, but for me, like success is actually the experience I can get from it. So say I have got a nice car, it's actually what experience I can get from it is more successfully measuring what I enjoy rather than having the things now um, yeah. but but I love the fact that if somebody wants to drive around in a really big car and that's their measure of success you know like you said everybody is so so different um and I guess digging into that with an individual is is a massive part of what you do is finding out what what is success for them mm, I think um, it's actually su- it surprises people that's yeah. what I realized so I, there's three parts to when I'm coaching. The, the middle part is this rediscovery stage. Yeah. And we look at what's important to them. What does success look like for them? What are their values? What are their strengths? All of that, because the kind of typical career coach kind of service that I was very much thought that's what career coaches did was, okay, let's look at your strengths. Let's do your yeah. CV. Let's sign <laughs> up a cover letter and off we go. And it's yeah, yeah. more than that. And yeah. so how can you go and apply for a job if you're feeling, you know, you're no confidence, you're really feeling lost, you're at these crossroads. Mm. How else can you go and shine in an interview if you've got no idea who you are and what value you bring to an organisation and what you want? Yeah. So when I talk about, yeah, success, it's really about getting to understand, like, what is important to you? Because And I think this is the bit that surprises my clients. When they list it, it's not the car it's not no money. it's for some people like I want to be able to drop my kids off at school yeah yeah for other yeah. people it's like I got my parents getting older I want to be able to see them once a week I want to take my dog for a walk I want to be able to go to the gym when I want and it's very rarely about the money and I always find that interesting when I talk to HR people or people I you know my field where I used to work mm. on the other side I'm like guys you can offer money and yes that's great Mm. doesn't keep people it doesn't it doesn't keep them happy for long you've got to tap into what makes them happy yeah throwing stupid things like pizza fridays like no one cares about pizza (laughs) oh my god do you know what just while we're on that a really interesting conversation um oh going back I was about four years ago now actually and I went and sat one round one of those round table discussions with a load of um corporate people in the corporate world which as you know is actually not me at all but it was a very good conversation actually and one of the um directors of the company there said you know when it's a really big thing for us to all get together on a Friday afternoon and go for a drink you know about three four o'clock and I just went it is for some people but actually what about the people that have got to go and get their kids on a Friday afternoon at three four o'clock or actually want to go and spend time with their, their parents if they're elderly. Yeah. I said, you know, you, you're actually really limiting there what you think is a great thing to do for your culture. Um, and he was really taken aback by that. And I said, you know, going back sort of probably 15 years, I would have loved that. You know, yeah. drinks on a Friday. Absolutely. Yeah, excellent. You know, brilliant. But actually now my sort of priorities have changed. And for me, I could not think of anything worse than going for a drink on a Friday with a loads of like people that I see or I used to see all day. But that's a really good point. And that's when yeah. when when we do this work, where we talk about what's important, what success looks like, mm. that is exactly it. I asked them like, when did you get this job? And maybe they've had it for like 10 years. So yeah. when we started, let's say they were 30 when they started, it was going out and having drinks. Yeah. 
They didn't care about pensions or medical no. benefits, getting, you know, tokens for alcohol, whatever it be. But that really incentivized them. Yes. Yeah. Now, 10 years on, they're wondering why they're not happy. It's because you've changed. Yeah. So, so you do want to start thinking about maybe your pensions or your medical. And mm. you want to make sure that you can have early finished Fridays to pick your kids. Like what's important to you has changed. Yeah. Of course, yeah. it makes sense that your job is not fulfilling that anymore because the job hasn't changed with you. Nothing's gone wrong here. Like you're not a bad person. The company's not bad. No. And sometimes people do fall back in love with their jobs. Maybe it's things that they could control. Maybe they Mm. have boundaries or they're not looking after themselves. The job's done nothing. Yeah. It is something at work, but we need to explore that. Don't just jump Mm. ship, but we do need to explore. Yeah, yeah. So, no, so you made that exactly. We change. Yeah, exactly. We do. And I think we we do forget that as humans, you know, as, as we change daily. We don't see it. But I think when somebody... That's a brilliant question. And how long have you been in that job? And if it has been 10 years, you know, yeah, you, you've changed massively as a person. Oh, yeah. um, so, OK, right. You've mentioned it a couple of times now about your HR previous career. So let's just touch on that. And I'd love to know yeah. a bit of background about your position there. And then what really, really, I want to be really honest with me, made you leave that corporate position that you had? Yeah. So, um, so I worked in corporate I just saw what the role I had before I went self-employed mm. so I set up the HR department so I were I, I came back from travel I don't know how far back you want me to go yeah go right, back. go right back go right about if it's about traveling well I could talk to you all day because you know <laughs> I love traveling <laughs> so basically when I, I never wanted to go to uni um but you know again this is such a good example like that's what you do you follow that pattern of life isn't yeah, it must yeah go. yeah so I went to uni and I didn't know what I wanted to do so I did a degree in Buddhism and philosophy because I enjoyed it so it. nothing related um and I met my now husband at uni and I told him I said look by the way when I finish uni I'm traveling like you can come with me you don't have <laughs> I love that we we went yeah. traveling and luckily we got on it worked out pretty well so we traveled for nearly two years we worked in Australia and New Zealand we traveled around Asia like we had a great time brilliant I hoped I think I hoped that whole time I'd get some clarity about what I was doing in my life and I didn't yeah so the pl- too much fun that is too much fun yeah too much fun so yeah I've done that way too much fun <laughs> <laughs> too much fun to think about anything else so I came back and I really thought I wanted to be a probation officer I had this thought I'm gonna be a probation officer I did not know that <laughs> I I don't know why I don't really know why either so I got oh, this okay. clarity that yeah. would eventually train and allow me to get to that place and within a couple of years like I'm not happy here like it was no. not the place for me so I left and I thought what am I good at and I was like I do like working with people maybe HR hmm. and um somebody we both know in common Amy Bateman who's been a previous guest on Lovely this podcast Amy. yeah I remember I went to the recruitment agency she worked with at the time I just happened to meet her I didn't know her before and I said to her like I think I want to get into HR I've got no experience and she said look I know this company there's no the the managing director won't want HR but mm. if you get on with him it's a PA role okay Who knows? he might let you set up HR so that's what I did I got the job oh, there, and brilliant. I kind of explained to him the benefits of having HR I said look if you pay for me for doing my qualifications I'll do it in my own time yeah that's what I did and I slowly built up the HR within the business and as the business grew like it was quite small when I started I think mm. I was about 70 on the payroll okay By the time I left there was nearly 800 staff we had wow. people all over the world you know it got really and you definitely needed a HR team so definitely needed HR yeah and I got to set up and then employ people 
Fabulous. My team. So it was a brilliant, I loved it. And going back to like, I was in my late twenties, you know, that the coach, I was responsible for the culture and performance. That was my title, culture and performance director. So all the group HR. Yeah. And I loved it for a long time. But I think again, I didn't realize like I was changing. Yes. Yeah. I think we we did a, um, the company, there was an MBO that didn't work out and then there was an IPO. And I think the business just changed massively Mm. on the board as well. There weren't many females on that board. And when I fell pregnant with my eldest, I think it just really made me think, what are you doing? Like you don't yeah. have to work all these late nights. For somebody else, that's what they want. But it yeah. wasn't what I wanted. Yeah. So essentially I left when I went on maternity leave, I just didn't return. So I can mm. give you my there's honest answers and there's a short and a long version. <laughs> the short version is the business was restructured and my role was restructured out of the organization, is the honest answer. Right. Okay. Um, the longer answer. And I didn't want to return yeah. um, into a different role, um, but also I didn't want to return. And I think this maybe is talking about kind of how we transition career. The things that mm. came up for me, I know come up for my clients. And this is why I'm able to help them because like, yeah, I was there. I get yeah. the feeling. And do you think that's really important having that sort of lived experience? You've been there. You've, oh, you've definitely. Been absolutely in that position. Well, yeah, because people say to me, I'm terrified. I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Again, terrifying. Like it's not going to be like, no, you don't be scared. Like, yeah, it is. Like, I had a choice. I was being presented with, like, look, there's this amazing role, still a really good salary. Mm. I've just come back from maternity. My husband at this point had also changed careers, just yeah. happened to change careers from a scientist to a carpenter, and he went back to college. So we had a yeah. like nine-month-old baby. Yeah. With like his salary totally went. Yeah. And I was about to say, no, thanks to a salary. And that's what I did because I so the longer answer is essentially why I didn't return. The whole time on maternity, I hadn't been happy. Yeah. The whole time on maternity leave, I was dreading going back. What, when what, I, what was it? What were you actually dreading there? Can I just touch on that a bit? Yeah. Was it the thought of actually returning to that job or was returning to sort of, you know, a position where you weren't flexible? You couldn't maybe stay at home with, with your newborn there? I think it? It was, I think it was both. I think it mm. was the thought of going back to that role because I yeah. had to keep it in touch days and I knew the organization was changing massively as yeah. an IPO with new owners coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew there was a lot of people contacting me saying, oh, Luz, it's not great. Hey, you know, on my maternity leave. So that kind of like fuels you and you're not there to witness it. No. My husband was also working there at the time, don't think. So he could tell me what kind of what was going on. Um, so I think it was actually about returning to where the business was and that role. But yes, also, yeah. I think having a newborn, I knew my role required a lot of travel. Again, pre-kids, yay, that's great. Yeah. I didn't to do that now. No. Um, so I think, and I think also, I, I think I'd felt I'd done it. Mm. I never you, set out been to there. climb yeah. the ladder, but I suppose I had climbed the ladder and I'd got to the top of the HR profession in my eyes yeah it was like ah okay well that's not not fulfilling me so it does fulfill me brilliant I think that was it and then when I was off on maternity leave I'm very spiritual person when I was back in Southampton where I'm from I was so like I'm not going back I was ready to resign like Mm. I was ready to ring up my boss and say do you know what I'm just not coming back like it's just not worth it and this this voice I don't know what it was this thing just said to me not yet just not yet and I just it. and the day after I was meant to be back in Cardiff and I was meant to be having a keep in touch day with my my boss at the time and I said to my husband like 
they're going to sack me tomorrow. Like something's going to happen. I won't be working at that place come the end of the week. And he was just like, Luce, they need you. Like you will. Yeah. Yeah. And I went into that keeping in touch day and by the end of the day I'd left. And so, you know, like I, I think spiritually I knew it wasn't. You knew. So sometimes it is just time is, you know, like, I don't know, I found that with friendships or, you know, sometimes nothing has to dramatically gone wrong. You, it just doesn't, it's doesn't the end of that. It's, yeah. it's there for the right time. And now it's time for something even better. Exactly. And I kept thinking, there's somebody else in my shoes 10 years ago who's desperate for that opportunity. Absolutely. And that's I'm, the thing, when, when you're ready, you just kind of know, don't you? Let's touch on that a bit. When when you work with sort of clients, how, how do they kind of, how do they know? <laughs> how do they know when it's when it's time for them to kind of, leave a job or or stay what Mm. what is it what I tend to find is because it's got to a point it's kind of like with your health isn't it when normally you think I'll give up smoking or I'll give up something dramatic because something scared you most Mm. of the time and I think that's what normally tends to happen people come to me because they're like I'm not sleeping I'm eating barely I'm arguing with my partner all the time I'm bringing it home Sometimes it is forced. I think it's about, I'm about to be made redundant or I think this is about to happen. And then there are the small people who are like, nothing's wrong. It's just, I think I want something different. Something different, but yeah. most of the time it's because there's been a crisis. I can't carry on like this. I'm at this crossroads. Yeah. And maybe something's happened in their personal life. Maybe they've lost somebody or they've had a health scare and then mm. this can't go on. So how did you deal with that transition then? You know, from what I know of you, I feel like you're quite a mentally strong person. But actually, taking it back to leaving that position or being let go, whatever you want to look at it, whichever way you want to look at it. How did you sort of deal with that? You know, when you when they actually said to you, we, we don't need you anymore. How mentally did you sort of go from having that stable salary, like you said, the, you know, the position, the director, to where you are now? Yeah, I think... I think the thing is they did they did say they still wanted to have me in the organization, which okay. actually made it harder because then you had to yeah. make a choice. And so I think that was I that was harder because then you're really having to make a choice for yourself. Mm. But also I was a bit like, well, so do you <laughs> I think that that's a bit my attitude. Um and I'm quite resourceful. And I, I think the biggest thing, maybe this was like my mum was always my biggest advocate. We went to an all-girls school who's very like, you know, you go, if you want something, you go after it. Mm. And I think that mentality was in my head, kind of like, but also I knew deep down I hadn't been happy. So it's like, yeah, yeah. why would you so return you... to something that's not making you happy? You're being given a golden ticket here. Like, mm. okay. It was unfortunate how it was handled and the manner I had to leave, but actually I got the outcome I wanted. Yeah. So I think in regards to mental resilience, this is why, I met, especially when come, a lot of people come to me, they've maybe been made redundant in the past or it's about to happen. I understand that feeling. Yeah. That you, it's not the end of the world. It's actually normally the start of something amazing. Yeah. It and is. I really didn't go saw it that way. Yeah. And I had yeah. a lot of interest that I hadn't had a chance to explore yet. So I felt mm. like this, I don't know, I felt like I had a golden ticket. I was like, I get the chance to now do something, which is when I we trained to be a yoga teacher. So tell us what you did after that, um, you know, that position ended. You know, what, what sort of transition did you take then? Yes, I... I found, you know, I'd already been finding it whilst I was on maternity leave thinking, oh, imagine if I could reduce my hours and imagine I was trying to come up with all these ways I could do it. So I'd found this course in Cardiff that was a 13 month course. I really didn't want to do a crash yoga course in the country far away from month. I didn't want to leave my baby for that. Yes, yeah. I wanted to immerse myself. I wanted to kind of do it 
fully mm. um, because my husband found this when he did his apprenticeship there were loads of carpentry courses like be a carpenter in two months like, <laughs> I don't want to do that I want to go back to car- I want to learn the trade yeah and so I felt very much like with yoga so found a 13-month course but I knew I had to bring in some money for the bills so I went and I set up my own HR consultancy business mm-hmm. offered HR consultancy three days a week and then two days a week I did my yoga studying training and also had my little one as well so Brilliant. when he napped I did my yoga training weekend. oh those naps oh, oh those naps those lovely get so much done oh and then, then when they stop you're like really what or if a fire engine goes past you're like how dare you when you <laughs> the worst thing ever signs over my front door baby sleeping don't wake up um so yeah so that's what I kind of did so the HR consultancy was really to make money so I could do my yoga training yeah but what I found from doing that what is everything I, you know I really do believe anything happens for a reason when mm. I did that I realized the bits I liked about HR and the bits I did and training and coaching were the things I just love yeah. I focus a bit more on that and as I did my yoga I'm also a nutritionist and Ayurveda so I bought my holistic training in so then I ended up doing a lot of well-being training mm. and coaching so kind of I had these two like I had the holistic yoga business I was going out and offering classes and retreats and the corporate side and that now it's all come together but yeah I was gonna I, say I could see how I could flex it differently so that's kind yeah. of why I did and I think if you trust yourself and this is the thing again I can help my clients with it's like you don't have to have it all mapped out I didn't know what I was really doing no. I knew I followed what I enjoyed what I was good at mm. And I'm sure it will keep evolving. Yeah. But believing that you don't have to have every bit stepped out. And I think that's a bit that scares people. Like, but what yeah. will I be doing in a year too? It's like, does it matter? Like, does it matter? Yeah. Journey? Where are you heading towards? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's yeah. something that I really bring in. It's about being present and in the now, because who mm. knows what's going to happen in two years. You might think, actually, I'm not enjoying this part of my life now. I'm going to try and do something else. Yeah. So, you know. Might be I rigid, think, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And again, I think that does come back to though the society that we've been brought up in and especially in we're similar ages that I think that was very much follow the the natural trail of life and be in that rigid space and what does society stay say and actually it doesn't matter because it's what you want and I think it all starts with you doesn't it um so I love that I love the fact that you bring it all together you know you're your you know amazing experience but also the holistic side of you as well and you mentioned something there um Ayurveda what what mm. is that so Ayurveda so it's a, it's the sister science to yoga so probably most people have got an understanding of yoga mm. um so Ayurveda is the sister science and really it's a self-healing system so if you go to India or Sri Lanka like, and you go to the normal doctor there yeah, we'll be seeing an Ayurveda doctor, but you just went. So when we were traveling in Sri Lanka, my husband got very poorly and we went to mm. see the doctor and we, he was prescribed. I think it was like some kind of paste and um, some tablets. And I was just like, how is this going to get him better? And it did. Yeah. It was an Ayurveda doctor. So Ayurveda is very much about self-healing. And the way so I'm trained in nutrition and the lifestyle coach in Ayurveda. But the way I bring it into my coaching now is. So in Ayurveda, we, um, we have our constitution and it's made up of three energies. Yeah. If anyone's interested, I can tell you a bit at the end about, um, I've got a free video so people can watch it. They are on Brilliant, it's yeah. Introduction to Ayurveda. But essentially you've got these three energies and we've all got them, but in different various amounts. Yeah. I bring this into my coaching, just like you might have psychometric testing, whether it's um, Myers-Briggs or Belbin or Insights, people might know that in the workplace where you get yeah. to understand yourself or your team role. 
I bring Ayurveda is like get to understand yourself again rediscover who you are so if you've mm. got a lot of the pitta energy which I've got it's really good because you're very motivational and you're very like going you'll get things done but you have to be very mindful you can be very prone to getting overwhelmed and stressed mm. it's like yeah that sounds do, like me <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but your lifestyle what you can do to manage that if you've got a lot of the vata which I tend to find people have got when they come to me the beauty of that is you're very creative, you know, mm-hmm. you, you really, you're very good at storytelling, you, you've just got that kind of natural way about you, but you can also get prone to being very anxious, you can also go from this to that, so again, if you've got a lot of Vata, you might be going, I could do this job, I could do that job, and okay, my yeah. job, okay, well, yeah, you could do all these things, but let's just come back to what's important to you, mm. what does success look like, like, what is it you actually want, because otherwise yeah. you try and do a million things, and you yeah, 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 okay, um, yeah so that's how I bring the Ayurveda into what I Love do it. now and then some of my clients you know I had a client last week and when they came to me they were very anxious they had a lot going on so I actually brought my yoga in to teach them some breathing techniques I gave them some of my yoga videos and I've also given them some nutrition tips about things to try and bring into their diet that will just help yeah. calm them at the moment Love so, that. Yeah. so you're a, a one-stop shop really see <laughs> for everything well-being um, I, I'm just writing some notes down here as well because I love it the mental resilience that, yeah I when I called myself a career coach I was like oh, are you there and I think I want to redefine that for a lot of people because I don't mm. career coach yeah the old school is like let me do your CV for you let's get you ready for interviews yeah but it's a disservice to people to only do that because you're taking all your problems from where you are mm. now next job if you don't unravel them and get clear on what why they keep happening yeah but also I think we keep thinking we have career success, but it's always it has to be at the detriment of our well-being. And I yes, want to yeah. it's not how you can have a successful career on your terms. Absolutely. Your but it doesn't have to be at the detriment of your well-being. It actually should support your well-being. And you can yeah. have all of that, but you've Absolutely. got to be clear on what that looks like to you. Yeah. And I you're right there. And maybe I think just as a sort of side bit of coaching here as well, it could be that actually your career coach you know your, your overall brand actually there could be some holistic sort of well-being being brought in because I think what you offer um is so much more than just your career coach you know I think yeah. it's a brilliant service because it, it does all start with you and until you work on yourself you're not going to get anywhere anyone else you so um yeah, you know okay what still though holds you back Lucy in your in your life and your and your own career now career. yeah yeah I think well it's it, I suppose it does impact the career as well but guilt I mean guilt guilt okay yeah I think that's like that I, yeah I have to be mindful of I think that's just whether it's feeling guilty as a parent I'm not doing enough for the kids okay, oh yeah, God, not for my clients like guilt is one that comes up quite okay. often I'm getting so much better but I have to remind myself like you've done enough it's okay yeah yeah um and how do you do that then so you know I wasn't expecting you to say guilt actually that's that's really no, interesting yeah. no, no. is that because you're sort of an overgiver and you feel like yeah so I think got... the other thing yeah. is I'm very I had to be mindful how much I try and help other people mm. um because I naturally want to help people yeah but when it starts to be at the detriment of my time my energy you know then I have to really rein it into so what I've learned there's a few things I do like that are practical like just literally like don't only go out a couple of times a week like if even if friends like Lisa could really benefit from you seeing you yeah. or talking to you yeah don't give more than a couple of nights a week yeah love that I think also because I've got an HR background and people are going through difficulties at work they're like oh Lucy my manager said this and I've had to really oh, look like yeah. not to 
always try and save everyone because also you yes. don't learn for yourself absolutely so and it's that saying isn't it have you got five minutes can I have five minutes of your time I get that a lot and it's like oh my god if I put all those five minutes together that's a lot of my time given away that isn't is. it? and I think I want something one I remember really early on in my HR days I went on a course for I think it was like having difficult conversations. I can't remember. Mm. I remember this trainer, lovely lady, Sue Martin, who was a trainer in the organization. And I had to stand up in front of the ops director and he was going to try and ask for my time. I had to get him out of the room. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, this is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Yeah, yeah. And I really like, I was bright red, I bombed. It was awful. I was sweating. I was like, but I, oh. I got there. But I remember that yeah. really was hard for me then. Whereas now that's that's fine. But like, it was a big deal then. Mm. And not long after she taught me some other things she said do you get this a lot people were asking for your time I was like yeah but that's HR isn't it they're meant to they're meant to come in and moan to you she's like no and it was the first time somebody kind of explained to me that I don't have to do that and yeah. maybe this this question I tell my clients about I have tell to many people when people would come in and you know start telling me all their problem mm-hmm. I would stand up first of all rather than yeah. sit down and lean in I'd stand yeah. up and go that sounds really you know so if it was you happy like, that sounds yeah. really hard Helen I'm sorry yeah. to hear that she showed the empathy yes what yes. are you gonna do about it, Love it. brilliant coaching because I was always going how can I yeah. walk out and I'm left with like this A4 reactions, <laughs> and they walk out like going woo yeah and then your brain's going oh my god I've got to do x y and z to help this person yeah. when actually you know if you reframe it to say yeah what 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 can you do can you do about that yeah, you know, so yeah. Like, that sounds really hard what are you going to do about mm. it and sometimes out of turn they'd be like oh I, d- I thought I thought <laughs> you were going to give me the answer I'd be like, well no because each time you do that I get more resourceful and you're not helping yourself so like brilliant and I've got a lot more comfortable now but I remember that was a big deal at the time yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so I think I have to remember that personally as well mm. when people want to come to me and of course I want to help people but if it's like consistent or maybe yes. you have close friends and you only hear from them now that I have to kind of say okay well what are you going to do about it? I'm here what? for you but what yes you yeah what are you going to do but that, that can be something that holds me back because I'm okay the girl okay but you and the good thing I would say with that is you recognize it Oh, yeah. And if you don't recognize it, that becomes a problem. But I think as long as you recognize things that hold you back, it's what you can do then to to move those things forward. So you've got the guilt there, but let's, let's sort of flip that. And what does drive you forward now, Lucy? Yeah, I think I think family, massively family. I think having kids, and I, I was talking to you at the beginning, wasn't it, about the summer holidays. <laughs> yeah. I'm God. so excited. should we say what we actually said yeah Lucy's got this dream that you know the next six weeks are going to be this romantic amazing six weeks and what I said is right I'll message you probably two weeks time and see how you're doing yeah I'm a really positive person but I'm just not sure that it's going to really be this six weeks of dream living the dream not only one argument they're not going to end up in any at least a couple of times because that's um but I think that does like drive me forward like I think knowing I want to have time with my kids you know my youngest is about to start school and I always decided when I left corporate I might go back to corporate one day but not whilst they're under school that was always a big thing for me yeah so that drives me forward now now he's about to start school I'll probably have another goal that I work towards like one thing I really want to do is have a couple of two or three weeks in the summer holidays where me my husband because he's self-employed we can just take the kids in a camper van and go around just go off yeah yeah I think that's what drives me is having those little goals but they're always around my values like 
my kids, my family, relationships, nature. These are some of my values. So things that really drive me. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that drives me is what it is helping pe- people. Like I said, I've got to be really mindful, but I can see potential in people and I, I hate them that's wasted. So <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I'm massive, the same. I know, massive. I know. And that's the thing though, isn't it? Being a coach, it's it's really hard just to not to do the things for people as well, you know, or, or actually give them all the advice all the time. It's understanding that, you know, you've got to work this out for it to be right for you. Yeah. Um, I think that's for me. I, I yeah. do struggle with that a lot. I struggle with just overhelping. I'm definitely an overhelper. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> that's my thing. Yeah. yeah and I think when you've got that, yeah, it's a lovely quality to have, but yeah, you've got to make sure where the tipping point is, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Absolutely. And that comes back to that with Ayurveda. The other thing that drives me is, you know, I have got a lot of this pitta and vata energy. So I do love learning. And, mm. you know, I succeed. I mean, I was joking with some of the other mums about mum's sports day, the mums race. And they didn't <laughs> do one this year. And I was genuinely gutted because I'm so competitive. Yeah. <laughs> I don't hide I, it. I'm like there with my spikes. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm actually dreading the girls being that age where I've got to go to their sports day because I'm exactly the same. And yeah, <laughs> book recently and there was a section there about sports day and one of the parents actually um elbowed one of the other mums out of the way and she fell over because she wanted to win and I was like oh my god am I gonna be that mum right I've really got to be really mindful of my elbows because I I am really competitive yeah exactly unfortunately one of the mums fell over last year at the mums race oh you're gonna win you gotta look at the end line you don't look behind so I think that competitive um, nature's in me but also yeah. that I love learning I love mm-hmm. learning and trying new things so I think that propels me forward I always that's why I love about coaching you never know what people are going to bring and so it forces you to learn new things all the yeah, time yeah yeah it really does it really does I love that okay so you've, you've talked about yoga your um your own resilience your mental resilience as well so you're very much and this is just my perception of you, I might be totally wrong, but it's sort of a natural and calming person um, and that approach to your business and how you help your clients in that way. So how does that, do you think, have a real positive impact in what you do? I mean, if you'd seen me back in corporate, I wasn't calm. <laughs> I think I do have a natural calmness. Like people always say, oh, you're really calming, Lucy. And I'd be like, oh, you didn't see me when I was like... yeah. 10 o'clock at night crying my eyes out of my office because I was so stressed mm. and my husband bless him would come up kind of set a key and he'd come and go like should I bring you home now I'd be like because ah, ah. yeah, I was so yeah. stressed and I, yeah. I think back to those days and god I was just not on my best at all and mm. I I think now I think yeah the yoga massively helped bring that calmness out yeah, yeah. I've still got that fire in me I've got red hair I've got the fieriness in me yeah yeah but I am a very calm person on the whole and mm. I think the fieriness comes out when it needs to. Something yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I think for my clients, I think they, I think it naturally helps anyway that I'm calm, but they mm. need that because they come to me, their nervous systems up here. Yeah. yeah. Gone through maybe a really hard time. It's even taken a lot of guts to even come on the phone and admit things aren't great, Lucy. Like I need help. Mm. So they need that person who isn't in the, you know, kind of like in there with them going, yeah, tell me about it. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah tell me about it. You know, they yeah. need that person who can hold them accountable, be the calming person. It goes, okay, don't worry. Like you mm. want somebody, I think, who's a few steps ahead. who can say, I've got you. Like, don't yeah. worry. This yeah. is this is fine. 
and we're going to come out of it. Yeah. But you might just now. Yeah, and that's it. It is having that kind of like I call it a safe space, isn't it? To to mm. release all of that. Um, and just to say, like, you know, you I've got you, we can get yeah. through this. Um, will be such such a wonderful thing for somebody to when they're in that space and they need it to have just those words yes. you know I think will be um a really lovely way of, of approaching it and also just thinking that something you said earlier about mm. um the fact I've been through it how that can help I think yeah. I can say it with conviction yes because I've been through it and come out I can say that it does get easier. Yeah, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it's rubbish. Like, especially if somebody's made redundant or they just mm. lost their job. I can go, it's rubbish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm here for you. Let's, you know, we might have sit and have a cup of tea and moan for 10 minutes. But I said, yeah. we'll get over this. I, I promise you. I had one client and, you know, we were talking about a lot. And I, I think she found it helpful because I was, everything I was talking about, she's like, it's like you've been, it's like, yeah, I have. I get yeah. it. Yeah. But I promise you, it, this could be the best thing. And she's just started a new job and she's... And oh, amazing. amazing. You know, amazing. so yeah. you don't know that at the time, do you? No, like you, you don't. need that person who can be yeah. calm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What does seeing the results of, you just mentioned there, the results of your clients, how does that make you feel? How do you sort of use their results to, to drive yourself forward? Yeah, I think, well, when I see it, like, because sometimes the result might be a new job. Yeah, it might be a promotion internally, and sometimes it is staying, and sometimes it's. I've had a few clients who just totally had a career change, like gone from mm. what they're doing, and it's gone to something totally different. Amazing, self-employed. Yeah. Um, so I just love seeing the light bulb moments. Actually, it's not even just about the end result; it's the little results the whole way through that journey. Yeah. So when they go, oh my god, yeah, like you said that one thing to me, Lucy, and that's that's something I've. I had one client. Um, he finished me a couple of months ago and he said there's something we talked a lot about what's in and out of your control mm, yeah That's something control, I yeah. apply all the time so like mm. it's not the end result necessarily for him it's like the fact that he's got a tool now yeah it's something just going can you control this or not and if you can mm. Do something about it and if you can't you have to learn to let that go yeah so I think that's I, I just love seeing those kind of moments and when they reflect back to me this is what happened. Like, that's amazing. I love that. And it's not just with you for this job. It's like for the rest of your life. And that's why I say to them at the beginning. It's like, this isn't just about this next job. This is this stuff. Yeah. All this learning is going to be with you for the rest of your life, the rest of your career. And you can bring it into your personal life as well. That's it, um, isn't it? And I think a lot of people don't realise that. They think and possibly because you're, you, they come to you about their career. But actually, what tools and tricks do you you help them with is it can be weaved into personal life and that's what we said it starts mm. with you doesn't it you know mm-hmm. so if you were to um see a client today and mm-hmm. um, for example what what sort of tips and tricks can you give to them and also the audience on on if they're if you are in a place where you need to change a career or going after promotion whatever it is what are some tips and tricks you can give to us yeah I think the first thing I'd say is be curious, like be open. Yeah, love because being curious. I yeah, I think a lot of the time, and I say this to people, they come to I offer a free consultation call. Yeah. And if they come to me for this consultation call, I say, don't be surprised if after this call things start happening because you've put out to the universe. Yeah. And the amount of people that come to me before they've said they want to do the coaching room before their first session, they go, you don't believe it. <laughs> you offered me a job. Well, you offered me. My manager finally did that thing. And I'm like, yeah. 
it can like yeah. I think if you're open to it and curious that's a massive thing not having to mm. have everything planned yes yeah. it's very hard for some people who have been very used to having everything planned like I'll do let's say um you know I'll do my my degree so I can be a doctor and I do all my medical mm. I'll be a doctor like it's very planned out isn't it so yeah it is yeah planned out career plan and it doesn't go as you want that can be quite hard yes yeah why really, because be open like you don't have to know the next step the next step the next love step. that love trust, that trust the journey yeah and then it's okay to be scared you know like mm. normal, I think a lot of people think if there's fear it means I, I'm not meant to be doing this like I think about leaving it scares me so I should stay put my trick or tip I suppose would be no no, no that's absolutely normal it's good that you're it scared. is normal yeah it's absolutely <laughs> normal. If you're about yeah. to make a change but don't let that stop you I think you need to ask yourself the question am I more scared of maybe mm. trying something it doesn't work out exactly but it, at least it's towards something I want or you're more scared of staying put and being unhappy and miserable like yeah you've got to ask yourself yeah it's more scary it's so true and I always say the fear is is one of the biggest things that comes to me as well it's not for me personally now because I've got sort of tips and tricks that I deal with but actually I would say what can you gain from having that fear Mm. And they go, oh, and I go, yeah, what can you actually gain from yeah, having that likely, fear? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I love that. I think the fear, it's gonna be there. It, yeah. I think the fear will yeah. never go away, but it's how you can control it and how you can leverage the fear, I think is yeah. a really strong phrase as well, um, to get you to where you want to be. Okay, so we've got get curious, sort of feel the fear. It's okay yeah. to have that. Is there anything else? We've got one more for us. Oh, one more. Okay, can I give two more? Oh, I'll go on then. <laughs> I think they're related. I think they're related. Go on then. But I, well, one of them we kind of touched on just a minute ago about focus on what you can control. Yes, yeah. I get my clients everything on their brain, write it all out, and what's in your control, what's out of your control. How Love much are you spending on the out of your control column? Because I bet it's most of your time. Yeah. And so much energy is wasted, isn't it? Yeah. It's so wasted. Stuff. Yeah. And the other thing I really want to say is. So I talk to my clients about don't react mm-hmm. you to reflect and respond. So by that, I mean, don't just quickly react, whether it's I'm going to go for another job. I'm going to go for another job. I'm going to go for another job. I'm going to tell my manager what I think of them, whatever it is. Yeah. Even if the, ref- the pause is a minute or a deep breath, don't just react. Like take that breath mm. and then you can respond from that calmer place. You save yourself so much time and energy. And then your personal, I mean, how many times have we maybe bitten at something? And you think, oh, it's taking a second. Yeah. yeah. I don't have this big fallout. So uh, I think in all areas of your life, stop reacting. It's not yeah. helping anyone. Yeah. And in, in, in your career, especially, I find there's people, like, I call them like, they're the serial, like, they mm. interview after interview. It's like, just stop. Like, why? Yes. Yeah. And then you can respond. You can still go for interviews, but maybe don't go for like 10. You'll go for two. And they're ones you really want to go for. Yeah. I love that. Do you know what? It's so true. We are naturally we, we react to things because it's just it's it's that it's more I always think it's more about the convenience that we've got that we can just react to things really quickly yeah and actually if we take away that convenience and go right I, I need to just stop and breathe um and yeah as you said often walk away from something and actually realize and reflect I love that word yeah. as well reflect is really important because you'll look at things in a different light you, you do. absolutely will yeah. and as you said if your clients are going for maybe job after job after job after job like you said is it real? is it really the job as they want or are they yeah. just becoming that is it becoming habitual you know you've got into a habit of just 
you know, well, it's almost like you know when job. you get they say like I thought there's a term in there, but like when you get all the likes on uh, Instagram, yeah, yeah, like, 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 like and it kind yeah. of like dopamine hit. It's it's kind of the same. You keep getting mm. you say we really like you. We'd like to come to a second stage interview. It's kind of like they're doing that like again, like it. Yeah, like, oh, this is, really is. nice. Yeah. You, know? you know, you have to be really trusting yourself. And that's why it's so mm. important to get to know yourself. Otherwise, you're constantly looking outside for that external validation. Exactly. Rather than trusting yourself. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say there. That external validation is something that can be really um, negative. Because yeah. if you're always looking for those likes, you're always looking for those numbers. Um, when we really you don't actually know what it is you really want. Yeah. Um, it can be, yeah, a massive negative impact. Some brilliant tips and tricks there. I love it. And I've written down some stuff as well. So I've been scribbling away with some things that I've taken from Lucy. Um, brilliant. Thank you so much. The final question that I think is really important, so I know everyone wants to know, is what is your favorite cake? Oh. Oh, God, that <laughs> really so my actual favorite cake is one my grandma had the recipe for, and I yeah. still can't make it as good as she made it. It's chocolate uh, cake. So basically yeah. it's just cacao powder, milk, sugar, yeah. Right. Okay. That's it. And it is amazing. My kids. Well, that sounds there. amazing. That's my favorite cake that I'd make. If I was in a yeah. shop, I'd probably have um like a yeah, a brownie or something. Brownie. You like the chocolate, Lucy? Yeah. Yeah. What's yours? Well, I have, <laughs> depending on what day it is, but I am a big fan, again, of a chocolate brownie. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's got to be warm. It's got to be warm. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It hasn't got to be. I'll eat it. If yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll eat it. Yeah. Um, coffee or walnut. I love it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Also, I started really enjoying coffee and walnut because my husband doesn't like coffee. So, yeah. you know, when you have a cake and it's like, oh, can I have a bit of that? And I'm just like, well, I'm going to have a coffee and walnut because I know you don't like coffee. So yeah, I put yeah. it all to myself. Really selfish. But now he's, he just still doesn't like coffee. But now we start to like coffee cake. So I'm, I'm a little oh. bit annoyed. We're going to find another one. We'll find another one he doesn't like. <laughs> Never share my cake. I want you to have all to yourself. I Not am very, me. very selfish when it comes to cake. Lucy, yeah. you've been incredible. I've just been intently listening to you and nodding away. And yes, oh, yes, yes, in my head. Thank you for having me. If somebody is interested in getting in touch, having that discovery call, a consultation call, you said, where can they find you? Yeah, I've got my website my Instagram and my LinkedIn, the main ones, and it's my name. So Lucy Clemenson Mills. It is a mouthful. Um, <laughs> I love it. I've got a mouthful surname. It is all our words. Yeah, so just my name, and I'm mainly on LinkedIn and Instagram. And if you go on my website, I've got quite a lot of free resources on this. I've got, if you're going through redundancy, things to learn about how to deal with it, salary yes. negotiation tips, yoga videos, Ayurveda introductions. So amazing. loads of stuff on my website as well where people can get free resources. Good, amazing. I'm sure you'll get a lot of people screwing away now trying to work out your name without <laughs> reading the, the show notes. That, um, Copy and paste well. it. Copy yeah. and paste it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Easier. Thank you so much, Lucy, for chatting. Oh, no, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Fabulous and Female. As always, my leaving message to you is remember to do the one thing that makes you feel fabulous. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review.